0: on my money, so I'm gonna have to turn up my game. Zip, I want you and the fellas to hit the streets. Hit every business from 110 to 155th. If they got a dime, I want at least a nickel. Bring everything back
1: by the end of the day. You think you're gonna recoup $7 million? Just like that?
0: I don't even know why you back here. Look around.
1: You know damn well my Diamondback sent me Fort Knox. This makes the junkyard rip. Look like amateur night at the Apollo.
0: This dishwasher thinks he can prove Harlem don't need me. See how bad he really wants to wear the crown.
1: The Pixels, Luke Cage, Season One, Episode Five and Six. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the show. I'm Mark,
0: and I'm Steve.
1: Steve, what's going on with uh, episode number five?
0: So, episode number five of Luke Cage, just to get a rep. And I have to say something to begin with here, because you know more than I do. I look at the IMDb a little bit of these, and I guess all of the season one episodes are, are song names from a group, like a Gangster Star or Star – anyway. Gangster Gay star, is that it? Maybe that's it. So I I know nothing of this of this, uh, this music, but it's it's pretty cool. But um, so all of these, it's kind of cool that that, that all of these uh, episode titles are song titles because nobody's really going to say them like Jessica Jones. We were always waiting. I was waiting for somebody to say the name of the title within the episode. And uh, with these, I don't, I don't have that. So, um, but episode five opens up with Luke using his powers. You know, uh, episode four ended with him and and Connie crawling out of the rubble of the blown up building, and so we see at the beginning of episode five, we see Luke using his powers in public. People are watching. They're taking video with their phone. They're taking pictures. The detective Misty is there, and she finds Reva's picture in the rubble of gang. Connie's and she keeps it and then she keeps it as evidence and later on it plays out in the episode when when, uh, Luke tries to take it from her and she's like no this is evidence and I I found that kind of interesting because I'm still wondering about the whole romantic thing between him and Misty it seems like it's played out but you know, who knows? We may see more. Then uh, we have Cottonmouth, and he's trying to strike back at Luke through the people of Harlem. But uh, by the end of the episode, we're going to find out that it kind of backfires On Cottonmouth, Mm -hmm. we get a new gathering place for our heroes in this or our characters. uh, I shouldn't say heroes for our characters in this episode. It's a diner and it happens to be a diner where our favorite nurse from the Netflix Marvel Universe (laughs) frequents Claire. So we get to see Claire again, um, which is so cool. And we meet her mom and uh, uh, Cottonmouth is introduced to a weapon that might be able to kill Luke. and shades finally recognizes him like i like we could tell from the first the first time luke and shades kind of saw each other we could tell that luke recognized him but he didn't recognize luke and then when we got the flashback the flashbacks in the last episode of the prison we found out where luke knew shades from but finally in this episode shades recognizes luke and everything kind of sets up in this episode five for episode six. Yeah. I think we're going to pick up on some things when we get into our top five as well. So uh, we should probably get into our top five. Sweet Christmas.
1: Shall I start or shall you? Go go ahead if you want to start. My number five would be Luke embracing his strength and take care of his neighborhood in the beginning with the opening. Uh, the music is more like more about Cottonmouth, but it shows the struggles of people in Harlem. And Luke, Luke actually taking care of his community with his gifts. Plus, Claire taking care of herself in the streets, storing the music. It almost looks like a music video in some respects. That that
0: is that is really cool. Yeah,
1: and uh, you know, it it basically shows that she's tough. Yeah, and, and so is he, obviously. We <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, and that that's, goes right into my number five, which is that opening song that we see as the, the, the guy is singing it, and he's singing Long Live the Chief. And uh, we, we see, like you said, from each each moment, we can tell that Cottonmouth really likes this song. We can tell that he kind of identifies with it because he's nodding to it. And, and as, we're, as you listen to the lyrics, and especially the second time around – I mean, I noticed it in the first time, but the second time around, I really – started to notice uh, the lyrics, how they referenced kind of um, Cotton Mouse bringing up the way he's kind of trying to put this criminal organization together. Um, and as that, as that music kind of ends, it plays right into, um, this godfather type state of the union meeting that he's having with his, with his lieutenants. And, uh, which is kind of interesting because he has that whole interaction where he says, what's the state of the union? And one of the guys says, well, you're broke. And, uh, then the other guy is like, we should just let Luke, have his side of the street, and we'll have our side of the street. And he just takes out his gun and shoots him. And we, we're starting to see the unraveling of Cottonmouth here because he just so casually eliminates one of his one of his lieutenants, and then yells at them all to leave and and go hit the streets to you know to start to bully these people for money. But he tells the one guy to take care of the corpse. And uh, see that opening scene is is really good. There was a lot of things uh, playing in there.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So uh, that leads lead like... me to my top four.
0: Yeah, your number four. It looks like we have the same number four. But go ahead. Do yours first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bobby Fish helping Luke with honoring pops. You know, you, you got to love him. Apparently, you know, Bobby has a love for pops like everybody else does in the neighborhood. And you, you, they were close. Uh, Lucky was brought in by Fish, an older man. Uh, like... One of the crew that Pops used to hang out with, you know, it it gives me that feeling that they were a group together and, uh, you know, Pops old crew maybe coming back to, you know, help and, you know, pay respects to Pops with and helping out Luke in the process.
0: Yeah, that is because my number four was the same kind of thing. Bobby Fish, who brings in D- the, the dapper Dan guy, uh, who's a tailor. And I had to look this guy up because he's a real person who actually, uh, is a Harlem tailor. Um, and, uh, he, he does, you know, he, he makes suits for like all sorts of celebrities and stuff. Um, And just the fact of Bobby Fish kind of knowing everything that's going on, Mm -hmm. you know, and and he's setting up the seating chart for Pop's memorial. And he he comments about how, you know, this person's got to be seated over here because these two don't like each other. And and this woman thinks that this that that uh, this other woman is no longer in Pop's life. So I need to make sure that they're separated from each other in the crowd. And we 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 get a, a more of this of this this Bobby fish is definitely he's involved deeper in what's been going on here. you know maybe not criminally. I, I'm still I'm still a little suspicious of the guy. Um, just not from not anything the show has has given us to be suspicious of, but I'm just suspicious of just the fact of all that he has all this knowledge and we don't really have anything that connects him to why he has all this knowledge and and just me knowing the way writers work and plots work in TV shows, that's gonna be important. That they don't just have this guy there as set dressing. Mm. You know, there's there's something I I hope I mean part of me hopes it's not it's nothing nefarious. You know, I hope it's nothing criminal. I hope it's nothing bad. But there's that small part of me that has a suspicion that this guy's involved in things a little bit deeper. So cool cool and what is your number
1: three my number three would be uh shades showing cottonmouth uh, the judas, <clears throat> the actual judas bullet uh cottonmouth has to get it from diamondback literally uh, apparently it's more than cottonmouth can afford you <laughs> know mm-hmm. and, uh, and diamondback will uh take Harlem away from uh cottonmouth if he can't afford the bullet
0: yeah, I was a little confused at that scene, and maybe you can help me out. Um, even the second time watching it, I was still a little confused because it looks like it looks like the the, the guy is wearing a vest, obviously, because because. Um Cottonmouth says something about Kevlar or penetrating Kevlar and we see the guy take the bullet and then he just kind of stands there and he's kind of like hey hey he's all happy and then seconds later like his body explodes so is is that is the deal that the round is a penetrating round that then it explodes once it's inside the body or is there because it it seems to me that if it's just I I just I'm I was unclear on how that round worked, and it just—I I don't know. Did you? Could you tell anything more than that, or is, is that?
1: No, nah, I, I thought it was something that you know, it it would ad, adhere to the body and then it explode.
0: Okay, maybe that's that was what. it – Maybe it didn't penetrate. It didn't penetrate the vest, and then it, it just hit the vest and stuck there, and then exploded. Because that's what I couldn't tell. It, it was it was a so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, especially with what with the events of the next episode. Um, to see how how this bullet comes back around because I'm sure they wouldn't show it to us and then have it not uh, have something to do down the road. Yeah. Um, my my number three is is real simple. Uh, it's just shades uh, and. Uh, the fact that uh, Cottonmouth calls him the gangster consultant and he's obviously in some kind of contact with Diamondback, whether it's face to face or uh, just you know uh, audible or, or you know whether he gets messages from him, I don't know. Either towards the end of it was either this episode or the last episode uh, or the sixth episode, I can't remember. Towards the end, Shades kind of disappears and we don't see him. Yeah. he's he's not there when uh when the events of the next episode occur so maybe he's out talking to um Diamondback or he's meeting with i'm i'm not sure but uh yeah my number three is just kind of the mysteriousness of
1: of shades hmm. cool he is a mystery though yeah <laughs> uh, yeah did you have a number two uh it doesn't show here but i thought you edited <laughs> in uh no well i would go on a whim and state uh similar to what you have but it's about the incident and how they mention it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you, know, you you brought it up several times over the course of us talking about Jessica Jones and mm-hmm. uh when we talked uh about Punisher, I think they mentioned it in there. So, they always just talk about it as the incident, you know. They I love how Marvel is like keeping this to an, in its own world but still references towards the other uh the main movies the actual mcu mm-hmm. itself and then here we have our own little world and they talked about the green guy and they talk about the hammer guy and things like that i still yeah. find it funny
0: again they they use these metaphors and euphemisms for the heroes they don't use their actual names and i don't know if that's because you know maybe it's it's one of those things where maybe the the world isn't aware of their actual names now that i think about it i I don't know if if we've ever seen something like besides captain america um and tony stark we've never really seen any of them come out and say this guy is thor this guy calls himself hulk this guy calls you know and the more i thought about it the more that might be why we're not hearing those names being used because in the mcu you know those names are just used among the the among our heroes, among our characters, they're not necessarily broadcast out there. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, that was my number two was uh, Rosario Dawson's kind of storyline in this. Uh, it's very it's non connective right now with the larger Luke Cage story. In fact, I really found it in, in the second watching, especially they could have taken her her scenes completely out of this. This episode, and it wouldn't have changed the episode at all because she had no interaction in this episode. Now, she has a lot of interaction in episode six, but in in this episode, she doesn't have any interaction with our main characters, really. Um, She just – we just kind of – we find out about the diner. We see that her mom works there, and we don't really see her and – The our characters interacting until the next episode. So really her, like I said, her storyline in this episode could have been anywhere. Um, And then I had a question about maybe because I haven't watched the other um, the other series is uh, she describes this attack on the hospital um, and that one of the guys who she took out was already dead. He had the scars of like having had an autopsy done. Is is that is that something we haven't seen yet, or does that take place in another?
1: That takes place uh, in another uh, another Netflix show. Netflix
0: show. Okay. okay. Uh, but am I forgetting? Was that in Daredevil? Was that in Daredevil season two? I don't. I don't seem to recall that in Daredevil season two.
1: I don't remember. Okay. I, honestly, I don't remember, but I, okay. I. I do know it's definitely from because. She is floating between all these stories mm-hmm. to go into Defenders, where she okay encounters and knows these people intimately. They they okay. they they're friends, or she helps all of them at one point. So okay,
0: so it's definitely you're so it's definitely one of the other Netflix. It's it's definitely an occurrence that happens in one of the Netflix, one of the other Netflix shows oh, uh, that we're just not remembering which one it is. Okay,
1: yeah, I, I okay. it could be Iron Fist. Uh, for all I remember, but. Uh, I'm also thinking. Okay, she's bringing that up and all this information, but didn't we not see her in Jessica so- uh, Jessica Jones season one, where Jessica lifts him up?
0: Right, right, and they and they're gonna and they're gonna address that in the next episode. So, um, okay, so yeah, so she know she, but that's what I'm saying is in this in this episode she doesn't have any interaction with Luke Cage in this episode. She knows about him, but yeah. she doesn't realize he's involved in these events until later and until the exactly. next, the next episode. Uh, and that's why I said it was really kind of interesting that her, that they had her storyline in, in this, cause she, she, you almost could have taken her scenes in any episode, really these, these first six and put this, her scenes in there and it wouldn't have changed the outcome of any of the other stories. I thought that was kind of interesting. So, uh, what was your number one?
1: My number one, Luke's speech at the, at the end of the episode, uh, stating that he doesn't believe in Harlem. He believes the people that make it as it is. Uh, those are profound statements. It, it's basically the people make up Harlem. It's not Harlem in general.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. That's that's very similar, almost the the same thing as that I had for number one is that that memorial service for Pop and what kind of goes on there. And and what I found interesting is the people they all applaud and they're all agreeing with Cottonmouth with what he says. But when Luke gives his speech, you could tell they're inspired. Like everybody, they don't just clap; they all stand up and they're all inspired. And they see him give that ring back to. Uh, Aisha And so they know that this is a guy who's actually doing something. Uh, he's in his speech. What I another thing I found very interesting is in Cottonmouth speech. It was very much. I, 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 I'm going to do this. I, I'm this. I'm that. Yeah. When when Luke gave his speech, it was we. It was all about we until you know that last episode when he said I don't believe in Harlan, I believe in the people. But oh, overall, his speech was more we. We need to do what Pops wanted. We need to, you know, it was there was very much there was more of the we involved there, which I thought was really
1: more about uh, community instead of taking control of the community and not exactly I. yeah
0: exactly exactly. Uh, I had a few quotes that that stood out to me that I thought was was pretty cool. Um, (laughs) At the beginning when Cottonmouth is having his little meeting and they say, what do we tell the people? He says, you tell them they're paying the Luke Cage stupidity tax. (laughs) Um, And uh, uh, then um, Bobby Fish says, always make sure they spell your name right. Um, And I thought it was really cool when Aisha is talking to Luke. And she says you need to check these dudes because remember in the last episode or or episode three one of those ones he said I'm gonna go check these fools, you know. So it's she's kind of using his own words kind of back, even though she didn't hear him use those words, and he was he was using them referring to the chessboard. Uh, but aisha is 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 more direct. You need to do something about these. Uh, and then of course, when he's with the the blonde waitress who got her tips taken away and she says, "Don't you need a gun?" And he says, "No, I am the gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it is true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, I had a couple or a few. Um, yeah. Uh, Cottonmouth saying it costs to be a savior. Ask Jesus. Yeah. That that was a little bit profound and a little yeah. bit like, oh, okay, uh, he doesn't go to church. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Luke stating, uh, I want to know where he is. Uh, the perp goes, who? <laughs> Luke goes, Les Paul. Then he looks at the guitar, case, the guitar case in the corner, yeah. and it's a case. That was great. <laughs> I was yeah. hysterical laughing at that. I was like, "Okay, that was just pointed out," <laughs> and really? uh, uh, and and yeah, and yo, I plead the eighth. Don't you mean the fifth? Yeah, the fifth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That when she was talking about it, if Aisha shot that guy or not, very cool. Uh, I'm looking through. Let's see. Was there anything that uh, that we missed? um i talked about that oh scarf uh and the other the other dirty cops he kind of talks about that uh you know he has that he has a uh, uh conversation with perez on the phone about the guns um and uh then he lies to cottonmouth about uh getting the guns and um that whole thing of us finding out that this that Cottonmouth kind of has his his fingers kind of deeper into the police because when he's when he tells Scarf to get the guns, then Scarf talks talks to Perez and Perez tells him, well, the guy down in the evidence locker is on our is on the payroll too, so you go you go talk to him, and so they have this whole network of dirty cops that is really going to lead us right into the next. Um, The next uh, episode and uh, Aisha's father going to talk to Luke, I thought that was interesting. I wanted to look up because they, they, I didn't see exactly what that, that, uh, uh, newspaper headline said about the New York giants. And you may be more aware of the history of it than I am. Um, but when I looked it up in, in wiki, the New York Giants uh, baseball team uh, won their last championship in 1954. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was in the 60s when uh, the Dodgers and the Giants split off and went to, to California. So the ring has to have been her grandfather's. It couldn't have been her father's ring because he, he didn't look like he was old enough to have been playing baseball in 1954. That just doesn't – didn't ring right and that makes more sense as far as that she was keeping it and not going to let him pawn it uh, and why it wouldn't mean much as much to him as it might have meant to his father or to uh, Aisha mm-hmm. um, but that's that's kind of what I thought because when he has that whole interaction with Luke in the barber shop, you know he's he's drunk and he's still drinking and um, Luke asks him something about did did your father play ball? And he says, "Well, yeah, he taught me how to play." And he said, "That's why you don't have black people playing the game nowadays because their fathers aren't teaching them to play the game." And I, I thought that was kind of an interesting yeah. social kind of take on it.
1: It is. Uh, no, I actually I don't follow the New York Giants baseball team. I follow right. the Giants <laughs> football team. <laughs> right, right. Well, that was the thing. it. Was I didn't even know there. I didn't even know there had been a New York
0: Giants baseball uh, team. They were sold
1: to to California, I believe.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everybody talks about the Brooklyn Dodgers, okay, that when when the Dodgers were in Brooklyn, you know, because there was that whole thing with Red Sox and Babe Ruth and all that. Um, But everybody – so everybody knows about the Brooklyn Dodgers, that they existed. I did not realize that there actually was a New York Giants baseball team that, like you said, was sold and went to California. That's why we now have the San Francisco Giants, I'm assuming. Yeah,
1: which is funny too because the – New York Giants football team, their stadium is in New Jersey. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> but well, there's
0: none of the New York, none of the teams that have New Yorks yet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Buffalo, I think Buffalo is the only one uh, that's actually has a stadium in Buffalo, like yeah. the Buffalo uh, um, Bills. They're they but the the Giants and. Uh, the other one is escaping me now. That plays. They they share that stadium in New Jersey.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's um, really weird. You would think that we would, but you know, New York City <laughs> is pretty small. They're islands, yeah. so yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least we have the Yankees. Oh, the we Jets. The That's Yankees what I'm thinking. Stadium. The Jets. Yeah, the Jets, <laughs> the
0: Jets. The Jets. The Giants share the same stadium. They both. They're both called New York, but they both use a stadium in New Jersey.
1: Exactly.
0: So it's very, yeah.
1: <laughs> So, uh, I have a couple, uh, after Copmouth told his guys to squeeze everyone during his speech, there was a sixties montage of music, like from yeah. 11 in it. it, it sounded really interesting to me, you know, a- everyone coming to Luke to help, uh, help them now that they know who he is in the community. Yeah. So it- they all know his name. They know what he could do. So they're all coming to him and he's more yeah. than helpful because it is his community. So mm-hmm. he's the local hero. And Scarf being looked at by infernal repairs. Sorry, yeah. internal re- <laughs> affairs. <laughs> Sorry, I had to use a lethal weapon joke. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I love it. And uh, f- uh, how he was on site at the blowout at Genghis Khan's when Luke saved her. Uh, very yeah. fashionable
0: yeah yeah it was interesting how they put that all together and that's kind of how they realized that he was on cotton Mouse payroll and that's kind of how they're gonna uh put everything uh together so uh interesting interesting stuff um but like i said a lot of things from episode five played right into episode six um which is the 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 suckers need bodyguards <laughs> um uh, again another song title that I'm not familiar with um
1: A lot of rap based. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and this is the equivalent of what I've called. And we talked about this with, with, with Punisher. Um, I don't remember if we talked about this with Jessica Jones or not, but, uh, um, this is kind of Netflix's mid-season finale, kind of where they we see them here in episode six. They wrap up a lot of things, but they're setting up some things uh, for the future. Um, you know, we have seven, seven episodes left, um, but it seems interesting that that Netflix seems to keep this kind of around episode six or seven, uh, depending on how many episodes are in the total show. They have some sort of big. Uh, big climax, you know, big thing that, that wraps up a bunch of storylines. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting that this, this episode was that way. Um, we get to see scars, uh, face the consequences for his sins. And I'm sure yeah. we got lots of things of that in our, uh, in our top five. Um, we're going to see Claire is going to get deeper involved with our heroes. And, uh, she's going to make a big, de- she makes a big decision in this episode about what she wants to do with her life, which I think was, was, is kind of cool. And is very touching. um, we also find out that uh, more people are kind of onto that the councilwoman is is criminal. That that uh, Luke's attack on Christmas Addicts kind of revealed that she there's more going on in her offices than what she would let on. Uh, And of course, the big, big, huge thing at the end of the episode is Cottonmouth uh, being arrested and taken to jail and and seeing Misty put the handcuffs on him uh, in the second, uh, the second watch of it was so cool. Uh, I hadn't noticed that in the first, but to see that she's the one that gets to kind of put the cuffs on him and then uh as the the camera pans up she's kind of standing in his office and you see her looking out over harlem's paradise as it's just empty and you realize that she has completed she has done the task that she set out to do and luke kind of says the same thing he's you know cotton mouse in jail so i'm gonna uh, go my merry way kind of uh, kind of thing. So a, a lot of things are wrapped up in this episode six, but also we know that there's more to come that we have seven ep- seven more episodes. so this isn't the end. Yeah. So obviously something's going to happen that's either going to uh, bring this this show forward or make things uh, continue. I, I hope I, I'm assuming that's what's gonna happen. We're not just gonna see Luke you know finding a job. Uh, cleaning up the barbershop. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's it's not just gonna be gonna be uh, you know taking out some pernashers every once in a while. There's got to be more to it. And it was kind of interesting that thing at the end, and it's kind of in my top, I think, or in my notes, um, that the police captain, the woman captain, talks about the fact that after Fisk and after uh, the Punisher, all these things that have happened, the city doesn't want any more embarrassing. Thing. So they're going to kind of sweep this under the rug with Scarf and the rest of the the dirty cops, um, and that again, like I said, that it's all kind of stuff that is is wrapping up storylines, but at the same time is is going to propel us into the the back half of this season. Sweet Christmas. So, what is your number
1: five for this episode? Uh, my number five. That would be uh, Luke's run in the beginning with uh, Trish Talk as a commentary. Beautiful view of the city as he runs. You know, you get to see all of New York. Uh, he's going through, you know, what looks like several boroughs at the time, but uh, you know, but uh, I, I think it was predominantly with him in Hatton. Uh, The Apollo Theater and all the beauty of New York City. You know, we get to see all that, you know. You do – and honestly, this is during the summer, so it looks nice or springtime going into summer. (laughs) So it looks beautiful at that point. Come autumn, oh, it looks terrible. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like everything's dying. It's cold. Everybody has got hoodies on and stuff like that. You know, to me, it – Yeah, you got the beautiful skies. They had great scenery just to show, like, kind of like an I Love New York (laughs) commercial. (laughs) But, uh, and then you have Cottonmouth talking to Scarf, and Scarf getting his (laughs) butt handed to him by Cottonmouth. (laughs) Uh, with a gunshot wound.
0: Yeah, it was kind of interesting, wasn't it? Because uh, you know, Scarf makes this big deal about how how after Luke Cage, he's all like you're kind of a wimpy or something like that. And uh, when Cottonmouth goes to punch him, he pulls his gun, and Cottonmouth just grabs his gun and takes his own gun away from him and shoots him with it. You know, it's kind of one of those one of those uh, scenes, the classic scenes that you hate to see with cops, but at the same time, when you see somebody kind of being douchey, you <laughs> want them to. Yeah, uh,
1: but, I, you know... I, I like Frank Whaley. He plays oh, he's a good, great. dirty character in this, too. Yeah, yeah, and he's I, great. And I like his little one-off lines, which are pretty yeah. funny. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and I'm right with you on all this with your number five. I, I loved hearing Trish's voice uh, again with Trish talk, and, and that, uh, you know, it's, it's a quick... Kind of background thing that's uniting our shows again, and uh, I just love love hearing that and it's it's almost like a, a just a one off I, I it looks like we're not i'm assuming we're not going to even see her we're not going to hear her probably again unless they play the radio again or something yeah. um, but so yeah that was really cool and and it was interesting to to hear. What the people were saying, because the one woman is is talking about how these are vigilantes and all this, and uh, why do we need cops if if uh, we have these superheroes? And then the 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 guy comes on the line who says no, he's super respectful. He comes into my fish shop all the time and he eats fish, and and uh, which I thought was a little interesting because you you'd think people would be a little concerned, especially after what Cottonmouth did to the other businesses in Harlem. You'd think they'd be a little concerned about saying, yeah, he frequents my business, you know, uh, but maybe he's done enough. And the fact that, that, uh, uh, well, it's at the end of this episode that Cottonmouth gets arrested. So, um, and oh no. Yeah. That's the end of this episode that Cottonmouth gets arrested. So it's, it's interesting, you know, maybe there was just enough stuff at the end of the last episode that people were more comfortable with it or something but uh that leads us to your number four
1: yeah my number four will be uh claire entering luke's world again mm-hmm. uh the the look of being uncomfortable on luke's face <laughs> when she sees him at the diner with fish and he's like oh yeah, yeah oh hi and oh, you know each <laughs> other <laughs> that little conversation then claire taking care of a scarf with luke very strange yeah. Then Misty in Scarf's apartment, trying to figure out what happened to Scarf, with her point of view. That whole uh, mindset, kind of out of Boondock Saints. When yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like we talked yeah. about earlier.
0: And that's the first time we've seen another character. We, we've seen her let another character kind of penetrate that imagination. You know because the the uh, Perez is wa- he's in the squad room. she's in they're both in the squad room, but when he's walking up behind her, he, she's seeing him in her imagination in the apartment and right. and so that's kind of interesting and I wonder if there's a, I wonder if there if that was a uh, if there was something there about her uh, and you know, I wonder if it's if it is a superpower that she has of maybe, maybe Perez has been in that apartment before and now she's starting to get that suspicion that Perez is dirty as well you know because i don't know it was just it was just interesting that we have never we we haven't seen another character kind of penetrate that imagination of hers um and that's kind of the same thing with my number four is Luke and Claire again that this this first face to face meeting and she has to kind of jog his memory because like he doesn't remember <laughs> her and uh, and that that would make sense because he left remember she was in the apartment uh, and she had left the room mm-hmm. and he left before. Uh, she came back, so he might not know. I think Malcolm was the only one that he actually interacted with Yes, uh, in that whole scene. Yeah, that and, was from
1: uh, uh, Jessica Jones, and right. that's when she had to use the syringe to go into his eye.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah exactly and like I said he never he never saw her um, and so that's that's an interesting it's it was it was a moment of uh, for him when he admits to her that he doesn't he doesn't want to be special he doesn't want to have these powers he, he very clearly says that and and she tells him well you got them and now you you' are it's your response basically she's telling him it's your responsibility. You know to to do something with these powers, and this is where we see her kind of get swept up. Like you said, uh, she follows him to the barber shop, and there's Scarf, and so she gets swept up into this world. And I don't think it's strange for her to help Scarf out. Um, I think it's I think it's exactly in her character of even though she hears Scarf say he killed Chico, it's within her character to want to help. People And even if she knows this is a, this is a dirty cop, but then he says, you know, he has that, that great line where he says, yeah, I'm a, I'm an a-hole. I'm a despicable human being. (laughs) Actually, I think that's what he says. He says, I'm a despicable human being, but Cottonmouth is worse. And I've got all the proof uh, in my apartment for, for, you know, to bring him to justice. And so we get this idea that she's weighing out the fact that she can save this guy's life and get this other guy in prison um and it's it's kind of his his path to redemption and, and i'll talk some more about it when we get to my my number one uh especially but mm. yeah and i think uh your number three kind of plays into that as well
1: yeah scarf confessing the the killing somebody you know yeah. and look ready to snuff him he was ready to he was choking him mm-hmm. and, and then uh and then warning Luke about Cottonmouth and, you know, what a filthy perth- person he is. And he knows how to take him down, you know, spilling his guts. Redemption, you know, yeah. he's trying to redeem himself in some way. So, yeah, he's trying to do something good, even though he's been doing a lot of bad and I think his smart mouth has been getting the best of him <laughs> in the end. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, that was really that was it was really a moment. And in that same you know during that same time frame, we're getting we're getting Misty is in that apartment and Perez is with her, and he he picks up uh, that photograph, you know, of uh, and he says, "Oh, I didn't realize what a cute kid." Uh, scarf was. And she says, no, that's his kid. That's his son. And that's kind of my number three. We get this sad story about how he left his gun out one night and his, his kid shot himself. And that's a horrible, I can't, I can't imagine any parent going through the loss of a child, but losing a child through his own
1: negligence. Oh yeah.
0: Your own negligence has got to be even, even harder, you know? And, uh, so, it kind of gives us something to kind of humanize him we've had we've seen him kill chico we've seen him be a bad guy and so now we see you know a little bit we get a glimpse into uh the human side of scarf as he's on this kind of this path to redemption in this episode and uh it's it's ends up being very sad especially with the way it the way it ends um but uh but yeah that that was my number three was that getting that sad story about the yeah. loss of his son and how uh, like I said, that's going to humanize him in our eyes to give give him some some redemption
1: yeah, hopefully it does yeah <laughs> uh my number two would be uh Perez working with Cottonmouth. what yeah. Wh- yeah. what's that about <laughs> and and where are shades throughout this time? Yeah, that, I mentioned
0: that just a, a few minutes ago. That we have we, where is Shades in this episode? We don't. Exactly. We don't know. Uh, you know what what happened to him? Um, that's that's really interesting. And uh, my number two is uh, Cottonmouth. He won't pay Scarf the hundred thousand dollars, but then he offers a hundred thousand dollars for Scarf uh, to be killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Is that uh, uh, just the 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 thing of it being the same amount? That uh, that I thought was interesting that he's like, I want him dead. I'll get a hundred grand to whoever brings me his head, you know? And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Didn't you just not pay a hundred grand for, (laughs) you know? Um, So that was, that was kind of interesting. That gave me a little bit of a, of a a dark kind of chuckle there. Um,
1: It's like, he didn't want to pay him, but I'll pay you to get him killed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 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 So that brings us uh, to your number one.
1: Uh, Perez outing himself out. Uh, due to Missy's little deception with the phone saying who she was calling and getting all the information (laughs) she's a great detective she was able to fool him Uh, then the scarf escape with uh, Luke and Claire Uh, Luke coming to Claire and Scarf's aid and destroying that vehicle oh my god he just like comes out bulldozes it in the front end and everything Uh, that was pretty cool and the look of shock of Claire, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, but only to have Scarf die at the end. It was so sad because you wanted to see him redeem himself and be a continuing mm-hmm. character. I had, I had really high hopes for Scarf and just for him to redeem himself and to help out in this cause with Misty and Luke. Yeah. And obviously we don't.
0: Yeah, that was a sad. That was a sad one. But I, I will admit that as soon as he, as soon as he came clean about killing Chico, and this was up up in your your numbers, I didn't want to say it uh, up there. But as soon as he came clean about killing, about that he was the one that killed Chico, you know, uh, uh, Luke says, "Don't lie to me." He keeps trying to say. Chico had you know that Cottonmouth had Chico killed and all this and then finally he says I killed Chico and as soon as he heard that I kind of like part of me was just like oh no because in in really in my mind the only way we could get a true redemption from him is going to be now is going to be through his death that that was I kind of sensed that coming as soon as he, he made that admission, and I thought, "Oh, either either Luke is, is going to kill him or something's going to happen, but I hope we at least get some redemption uh, from him. And of course we do. We get that. We, we, and it, it's kind of, like you said, it's, it's really sad, it's really bittersweet because they really kind of go through all that for nothing. Um, just for him to die. And then they have enough, uh, you know, evidence from the stuff from his apartment that they're able to convict those cops. So, uh, you know, maybe if they had taken him straight to, uh, I don't know uh, if they had done something different, but, uh, you know, that's hindsight thing. Um, did you have any quotes in here that uh, stood out to you?
1: <laughs> I only had one. <laughs> it, it's pr- kind of funny, but kind of yeah. leads on to what eventually happens later on in the, I think, in the series. Uh, Luke going, "I ain't no hero," and Bobby Fisher going, "I ain't no hero." That's a good slogan. You better market that shit. <laughs>
0: yeah, you you only left one. You only left one thing out. Uh, he says, "I ain't no hero. Pay me." Is what oh, is what yeah, he yeah. said. Is what he actually he says. Uh, That's a good slogan. You better yeah, you know, He says, "Pay me." Uh, he says, uh, and I think uh, isn't that like you just said? Isn't in the comic books? Isn't that what the, it's called? Isn't it Luke Cage, hero for hire, yeah. or something like that? Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, There was a a line uh, from Scarf at the beginning where he says uh, ghetto CNN is working overtime uh, (laughs) talking about how he figured out all the the stuff that was going on. And then uh, at the end there in the tunnels, uh, they shoot that rock, that uh, grenade, that smoke grenade or whatever it is at Luke and it bounces off his chest. And he says, now you're just pissing me off. Uh, My turn. Uh, and then, of course, at the end when he's talking to Claire and she says, I'm not sleeping with you, I thought that was uh, – that was that made me chuckle, that whole – you know, he's like, I'm just asking you for coffee. And she's like, you don't drink coffee. So yeah, like yeah. – uh, You know where
1: all that comes from. That comes from, you know,
0: Jessica, Jessica Jones, Jones. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah.
1: she knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh,
0: let's see. Was there anything that we missed? Because I think you covered a couple of my things in your – uh, uh, In your top five, what did we – anything else that we missed? Oh, yeah, you've got a good one in there. Yeah, in yeah. Your... when
1: Misty and the uh, other detectives are watching Scarf's Place, Luke struts down the sidewalk. He had a chef kind of element with his walk in the <laughs> hoodie Yeah, music to follow. So it, it kind of worked itself out. So I'm like, wow, he, he's more of a badass than Samuel L. Jackson is <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Uh it was a really pretty cool scene, yeah. You know? Yeah. The the hero land that Luke does uh from Scarf's apartment when Misty chases him after him. It was that that was so cool. But uh know, yeah, it's like it's one of those things that so it's like he's gonna do the yeah. You know, yeah, he's uh, gonna, do the, <laughs> gonna do the hero land. Yeah, that was great. That was That great. whole Deadpool thing was going through my head. He's yeah. gonna she's <laughs> he's gonna do the hero land, he's gonna Yeah eh, 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 he goes, It hey, wreaks havoc on your knees and <laughs> 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 knuckles. <laughs>
0: um Yeah, and I just – I had a couple of things. Um, You know, I thought uh, it was interesting, that whole conversation between uh, Cottonmouth and uh, the councilwoman uh, after he shot Scarf where she's kind of berating him about it. And uh, I realized in the second watch that a lot happened in between that because he tells her that his guys got the guns out or he tells Perez, I think, that he got the guns out. Uh, Before the cops arrived. So that means in between after he shot Scarf, but before uh, he went to meet with the councilwoman, he was able to get enough of the guns or enough of the stuff out of the warehouse where Scarf had had uh, locked them, but still leave enough evidence behind so that the police knew what was there. So I'm not sure, you know, exactly. Uh, what that was, we'll probably never find out exact details of that, but I, I thought that was kind of interesting that they, they just left that to our imagination that, uh, that he, so he's either going, you know, he has the stuff to return to Domingo, um, or you know, now that he's arrested, what is he what's going to happen to that stuff yeah. uh, a lot of things, like I said, a lot of things were closed out with this episode, but a lot of things uh, were set up uh, for the future um, and like I said, that at the very end there, the the cop, the the captain, kind of coming in there and, and telling Misty that uh, they're not going to prosecute these other cops, and Misty says, "Well, I can, uh, you know, I can testify or something like that." And the captain says, "Well, it's not, you, you don't have enough pay, or you're not, you're, it's above your pay grade, something uh, like that." Yeah. You know, uh, to where we kind of get the idea that this is all kind of get just going to get swept under the rug, and so I wonder how much of uh, how much are they going to be able to prosecute Cottonmouth? Uh, if they, if they don't prosecute the cops is, you know, what's going to happen. So it's, it's an interesting thing to see, uh, see this going forward. Uh, and really the only thing I had overall from both these episodes was kind of what we've already talked about. Uh, they didn't really bring up Diamondback a lot in this, uh, episode six. They, they brought him up in episode five, but uh, we still don't know who he is, um, and uh, Luke says that he's moving on, but we've still got seven more episodes left. So where is this going to go here in the future? I'm, I'm really intrigued and I really wanted to kind of watch the next episode, but I knew uh, I need to wait and uh, see. So uh, uh, besides, I've got other stuff going on this weekend that I need to worry about.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, Diamondback's going to be the hidden baddie that we're actually going to see in the second part of this season. Yeah. And, uh, it's going to be something very, very intriguing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's gotta be somebody it's, it's either, like I said, unless it's fish, which I'm still, I hope it's not, but I want to go on record as saying that it could be, um, I, like I said, I hope it's not, but. I can kind of see how that could could be possible.
1: That, that um, would be part of Pop's past, but have we seen anything of Luke's past, of his family or anything? So, Well, we yeah, no, it.
0: as far as – and that could be. You could be right, but we really haven't seen much of that. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm intrigued to see where we're going to go with this. Who is this Diamondback? Are we going to find out who he is? Uh, is it going to be the second half of the season, or is it going to be the next season before we find out uh, about this guy? I, I hope not. I, I hope we get either. yeah. I hope we get some direction with Diamondback before the end of the end of this season for sure. Um,
1: uh, uh, there's not really much that we could say about Comic Talk because we already covered some of the San Diego Comic Con stuff already. Right, yeah. right. But uh, uh, there, there, there's a lot going on. Everybody yeah. and go walking, out there, yeah. And Walking, yeah. Dead. Walking
0: Dead hasn't started. hasn't started back up yet. So yeah. they are filming, but. Uh, I think they're filming. I'm not sure. They're still uh, filming.
1: They film yeah. up until November.
0: Okay. Yeah. Fear. Fear is is has not started back up yet. Um, but uh, it'll start back up here in another week, and uh, so we may. Uh, but let's go ahead and close this out, and then we can talk about uh, the rest of the stuff. Sure. Uh, if you want, if you want to send us any feedback, of course, you can always go to our Facebook group, which is the easiest way to stay in touch with us. Our Facebook group is Panels to Pixels. Two is spelled out T O, and you can just search for us on there, or go to Facebook.com slash panels to pixels uh, and comment. Uh, when we start seeing feedback, we'll start leaving episode episode threads that people can comment on once we know where kind of where we're at. You can send us emails at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. Again, that's panels to pixels one. The two is to and the one is the number one at gmail.com. Where else can listeners hear us, Mark?
1: I well, actually you spelt it out before. Fear of the Walking Dead is coming back August twelfth. After that, you could hear me on The Walking Dead talk-through, which is on Golden Spiral Media with Brian Malosh and Kyle. And we'll be covering the rest of this season for Fear of the Walking Dead. We just finished up this week for our San Diego Comic-Con trailers for The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead. And you get to hear Brian rant up because Brian hasn't (laughs) been around for a good two or three episodes because of his move. Thankfully, he... Moved. He's settled down. He revamped his new place. He's happy, and he was happy to podcast again. So, uh, cool. go check that out and have fun with that.
0: And if you are listening to our sister, our fellow Next Level Podcast, uh, Lost Revisited, we have to go back, which is an actual. It's actually a podcast uh, that merges both Next Level Podcast Network and the Podcastica Podcast Network. You can hear me leave voicemail on there for those episodes. So check out Ben and Chris on lost we have to go back
1: and you could actually hear steve on the less strange indeed episode that's, where they cover, that's correct yeah they covered castle rock and you put in a uh voice commentary which I, is awesome
0: i did and i'm trying to get caught up with them now i think I, I think i've missed this most the the one there's gonna be one that comes out well when we're recording this it'll come out tomorrow yeah. um but I, I'm probably – oh, yeah, I should have something on that one. And then after that, I'm going to try to get uh, get a voicemail in to, to, for the next one as well. So i, I to try to get myself to be heard on everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually put in a, a voicemail one for Rima and uh, Sean nice, for nice the last one. So I, I threw a few tidbits in there. If you guys love Stephen King, listen to uh, Strange Indeed. They they're covering Castle Rock right now. That's found on the Podcastica Network. We're we're good friends, so we try to promote them as well. Absolutely, and, and uh, they're up for a nomination too for the Podcasters Award. So please vote for Strange Indeed. That's for television, and I believe the language of bromance. Is yes, on.
0: Sean and his Sean and his fellow podcaster are up for the language of bromance, I believe in the comedy section.
1: So if you guys could throw out some votes when they come out in another week or two, do so, please. We really do enjoy our friends and we love to see them. Strange Indeed has been doing great and Sean's been doing awesome on his Language of Bromance podcast. Absolutely.
0: Very funny stuff.
1: So with that, uh, thanks everybody for listening. I'm Mark.
0: And I'm Steve.
1: And this was Panels to Pixels. Good night, everybody.
0: Good night!